This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Maybe Nona would roll her eyes at what I'm about to do, you know? (laughs) Oh, Grandma Minnie hates me. She's like, this kid, he doesn't even know what he's doing. He's out there. I think I cooked like basically like raw chicken at the age of like 13. And I'm sure she tried that and had a few things to say about it. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner, or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. One of the perks of working in a test kitchen, there's always something for lunch, even if you need to take it to go. Usually I'm alone in here, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah, fine. I'll just bring the spaghetti and meatballs right That's in the all studio. Good. It's all good. Who who wouldn't eat spaghetti and meatballs? Like, I sometimes just carry a bowl podcast. of it around with me just for Same. just for look. That's John, our studio manager, and also today's caller. Now, John considers himself a team player in the kitchen. He'll help his wife get something started or throw something on the grill. But he's got bigger dreams when it comes to dinner. Saucier dreams. My mom, I guess, had a recipe, wasn't hers originally, for spaghetti sauce. I hated it. It was terrible. Never liked it. It tasted very watery, tasted very bland, and it was always something that I wanted to make. And, I mean, could we have planned it any more perfectly that I'm literally (laughs) sitting here eating a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs? It is kind of funny. So this is something your mom would make when you were younger. Yeah, when I was younger, she would be the kind of person where she'd, on a Saturday morning, just cook up her sauce and and throw it in containers, Tupperware containers, and put it in the freezer. And then whenever she needed it, she'd go into the freezer and get it out, and she'd make spaghetti and meatballs, use that sauce. And from, like, what perspective or what point of view was your mom coming to this spaghetti sauce? Like, who gave her this recipe? Do you have any sense of, like, what informed it? This is actually the recipe. So we've got a recipe yeah, card. check it out. Can I check this has, out? Yeah, go for it. It has a name on the top right. The name looks kind of familiar, I'm sure. Gail Posick? Yeah. Gail, like, reveal yourself. Where are I'm you, Gail? I'm sure they're a podcast listener. And probably. And certainly already a fan of Dinner SOS. Probably but, has their own rival podcast, I'm sure, probably. <laughs> it's going to knock us off the air. Breakfast SOS. <laughs> Those jerks. Um. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Mm. Oh. Okay, okay, okay. There's some things happening here. This is, like, such a recipe like what my grandma cooked from. Okay. I mean, and this thing is seeing some love. Like, you can tell this is, like, this could easily be 30 years oh, old. Oh, at least. 40 years oh, old. 100%. It's yeah. a it's an index card yep. that has been patinaed, almost got, like, a sepia tint to it. <laughs> and um, I'm looking at the spaghetti sauce, and so the ingredients are one can tomato puree— and equal amount water, two small or one large can tomato paste plus one half amount water, two to three teaspoons sugar, one tablespoon parsley flakes, salt and pepper, garlic powder, onion flakes, oregano to suit taste, all of those seasonings. Cook on low temp three hours. 
fascinating. Um, <laughs> and this is kind of interesting to me because I feel like it feels a little bit like a, a, a recipe kind of out of time, like not bad per se. You know, I, I think like there's a sort of like thinking about what is going to be the result if you cook this. It's going to be kind of an absence of texture, mm -hmm. right? Like right. you're not talking about whole peeled tomatoes that you're breaking down yourself. It's going to be something that's very smooth. This, to, to my mind, like, sort of heads in the direction of, like, what my grandmother would have referred to as gravy, mm, meaning, like, yep. Sunday sauce, like, which would just be kind of a blank slate, textureless sort of tomato sauce that she would then poach brajol in, sear off some meatballs, let mm -hmm. them cook in there, maybe throw in a pork chop or some pork ribs. It was a kind of just like a blank slate, right? It was this canvas to actually truly take on the flavors of the meats mm -hmm. and other things that were simmered in it, right? So you those things were usually like a little bit salty, like fairly umami. So you could take a little bit of sweetness, right? And especially if you were talking about a can of tomatoes 40 years ago, you know, was it organic tomatoes picked on the western slopes of Vesuvius, like harvested no. by, you know, crack squad of interns? Like maybe not. Yeah. It might have just been a can of regular regular yeah. tomatoes, right? You know, meaning like, the, you know, you, you might have wanted a little bit extra sweetness to dial up the flavor and the sort of the illusion of ripeness sure. of the, the tomatoes that went in there. And I think, you know, that also speaks to why, like, there's a lot of tomato paste in here, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah, it's I just what I love about old recipes like this is, is they are truly a, a, a time capsule sure. to time and place. Yep. Now. Here's here's part of what I think is going on with this sauce. Mm -hmm. Tomatoes that go into the can, even like tomato paste, it's had the water taken out of it. But while it is concentrating sweetness and it is concentrating, you know, kind of the glutamates, the glutamic acid, like this wonderful kind of like almost like savory umami kind of forward quality in tomatoes, it's still very sharp. You know, it can be sort of like a, an abrasive flavor. Like, isn't that? great right, at all. Right. It's like baking chocolate. Yeah, baking exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I think like one thing that I've noticed with tomato sauces and tomato products in general, um, like canned tomato products, is like they really want to be cooked out hard. You almost like want to be like frying the tomato in fat at some stage in the cooking process okay. as opposed to starting by thinning it out with lots of water Okay, and then like reducing it down. Because having started with so much water being added to your tomato paste and your can of tomatoes here, you're never going to get out in front of that, like, tinnier, a little bit more raw, a little bit more, like, bell pepper, and just, like, not super concentrated and rich expression of tomato. So, like, if you were following this recipe on the card, right, like, you start out with all that big addition of water. You're then, like, cooking that water back out. And the tomato flavors will kind of soften and mellow, but I don't think they'll ever get quite to that same, like, kind of concentrated place where you kind of ultimately want to go. Sure. You know, and I think if you were trying to get into quote-unquote gravy and you're putting tons of meat and whatever in it, it would make up for a lot of that deficit, mm, right? Gotcha. But just using it on its own, it's probably not going to be super compelling. Okay. You know, so anywho, it's a lot about tomatoes. It is. You know what's ironic about all this? I hate tomatoes. What? I cannot stand tomatoes. Like raw tomatoes? No. Any tomato products? Oh, here's the—I can do ketchup. Sun-dried tomatoes. Love sun-dried tomatoes. Salsa—well, salsa, if it's if it's maybe jarred salsa, which I know it's probably a taboo here, but— No, I mean, everything 
Time and place, you know? I just had, over the weekend, I had a, I went to a party. They had sandwiches with tomatoes on them. Just, they, oh. first thing out. Couldn't come off fast enough. Fresh tomatoes in August, party on. But any other time of year, yeah, most raw tomatoes leave me a little cold. Like my father used to tell me stories about how he used to go in his backyard or someone's backyard and just pick off raw tomatoes and just with a salt shaker and just oh. spread salt on them and just take bites out of them. That's that was it. never me. Uh, Even in August, uh, I am i don't know that I'm there. Yeah. Yeah. There's probably some larceny involved with that too, with the stealing <laughs> of the tomatoes. But <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, um, I just, yeah, like I said, straight tomato products. Um, so what I'm curious about from your standpoint is what is the goal of you kind of getting like a great marinara or sauce like what do you want to do with it what's the destination i mean overall it's i'd like to know how to do it Mm -hmm. another part of it's something that i can maybe then share with my kids and also partly cook with them sauce they can help me stir they can open the cans and stuff like that they like doing those things like around the holidays Mm -hmm. they love making cookies with me so i think it's also part that in that they can help me make something that you know then they might get the desire to learn to cook more things which again we're talking life skills, but also, you know, we're, we're as, as corny as it sounds, we're making memories doing this too. Mm-hmm. Like they, my, my kids, you know, down the road might say, hey, remember we're cooking, you know, we're cooking a spaghetti sauce in the in the, in the kitchen with daddy that one time and, you know, be fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Love that. To help John out, I didn't have to look far. I was literally eating an incredible version of spaghetti and meatballs as we spoke. We went through 11 pounds of meat, two dozen eggs, 208 ounces of tomato, 17 cloves of garlic, two pounds of Parmigiano-Reggiano, and 65 total meatballs. For a recent episode of BA's video series, How I Develop, Hannah Asbrink went deep on the process of developing an extremely tender meatball, along with a flavorful and quicker cooking spaghetti sauce. What timing? What timing? Um, This is amazing. I love to be of service. As host of this podcast, I can change the rules whenever I want. So I decided I would not be submitting a recipe this time. Instead, Hannah and I are going all in on her recipe for spaghetti and very tender meatballs. That's right. There are three R's in very. We also wanted to walk John through some of Hannah's thinking around the ingredients she chose and why he'd be better off with them than his mom's no-card sauce, which I had the good sense and tech skills to share with Hannah. Oh, I love it. Doing that thing, it's like rotating. Oh, yeah. You have to adjust the orientation in its original form. I'm sorry. No. That's just, we're, that's, it's a Monday. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't clear. <laughs> um, I'm just going to like keep just like holding, flipping want. my phone yeah. uh, and hope that it just sort of sorts itself out. After the break, John gets a new way to meatball. Tell me about your mama's kitchen. This teeny tiny little room was where we did everything. We grew up there. We became teenagers, adults in that small space. I'm Michelle Norris. The kitchen is usually the heartbeat of our homes. It's the place where we're nourished physically and spiritually. It's where the people we love most chased away life's furies with skillets and spatulas. I love you. I really care about you. Those words don't come naturally, but what you can do is hand someone 
a corned beef sandwich that's the size of your head. And that means the same thing. Every week I'm serving up a new episode of this Audible original podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. They're available anywhere you listen. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dinner SOS. When we got John back in the studio, I asked Hannah to explain how this recipe came to be. If I get a craving for spaghetti meatballs, I need to be able to make them right away. Um, just even if it's a Tuesday. Even if it's a Tuesday. Sure. So I managed to develop a version that has you at the table in about an hour. Okay. And, you know, I really tried to make efficient some of the processes so that you know when you should start boiling your water for the pasta, when you should put the, that in, or like when, you know, I have you start the sauce right away so you can like really try to take advantage of not getting a full hours-long simmer, but you have at least 20 minutes, which for marinara is not nothing. Right. And then in addition, I wanted what I love about spaghetti and meatballs. It's really the meatballs, right, that people are coming for. And I wanted something very tender that doesn't use veal because veal, it's a little bit of a divisive and pricey ingredient. Mm -hmm. And frankly, you probably will have to go to either like a specialty store or a butcher, like a trusted butcher in order to get it. So, yeah, leaning on the ground meats that you can normally find anywhere. So in this case, it's uh, beef and a bit of pork. Okay, great. Actually, I'm a big fan of uh, pork and sausage and meatballs. I think it has that nice taste Mm -hmm. where, you know, you have regular ground beef and just about anything else, it's nice to have totally. that difference in mm-hmm. in a meatball. It's really good. Totally. totally. And it's adding back fat that you might miss just using beef straight mm-hmm. up. Well, one of the things I loved about your recipe, Hannah, is like this sense of like the sort of the, the holistic approach to spaghetti and meatballs, right? Because you kind of have to do a few different things together. You need to boil your pasta, right? That's easy enough. But then you need some interplay of sauce and meatballs, like they're better for being put together, right? In some way, like at some point, you know, you want to introduce the meatball to your sauce environment, but you know, you don't necessarily want to put it them in there too soon mm-hmm. or turn it into a process. To your point, Hannah, takes three hours and that you're only therefore going to do on a Sunday. But there's a lot of questions around like, well, do you, do you sear your meatballs and then add them to the sauce? Do you bake them and then add them to the sauce? Do you broil them? Are you trying to strive for color? It just, it can get very complicated very quickly, yeah. right? In terms of what you're asking people to do ostensibly on a night that, you know, you want it to be workable on a weeknight. Absolutely. And trying to reconcile that with kind of every family's version of spaghetti and meatballs, or just meatballs, I should say, Mm. because, you know, you have a recipe card and you're like, do I stay true to the mission of this card? And I feel like every household has their version of something as, you know, classic as Mm -hmm. spaghetti and meatballs. So trying to um, push yourself to think a little like outside of what you know as the regular version um, also takes a minute to put your wrap your mind around. So I love, John, I love the broiler. I don't have a grill. I live in the city, but 
I love the char and I love not preheating my oven in the summer months. And so I lean on the broiler a lot for many different things, but um, especially with protein. So to Chris's point, most people, when they are uh, working with their meat mixture, there's also a breadcrumb mixture known as a panade, and then together they form the meatball. So to offset it becoming like completely, you know, Wanting to fall apart. Yeah, wanting Mm. to fall apart or just being hard to manipulate with your two hands. Um, I just have you broil the meatballs all together just until they just set their shape. And that way you can gently put them in the sauce, which is also gently simmering. It's not like a full-on roiling boil or Mm. anything like that. And it's literally just like a gentle jacuzzi, just so they are cooked through. It's so, it's such, maybe I'll just rename them gentle meatballs. (laughs) Is is it (laughs) fair to say that the meat Meatballs at their center are raw when they go into the sauce? Probably because you broil them for just three minutes and then you just put the meatballs in the simmering sauce along with any residual like juices or fat that might have seeped out on the baking sheet into the sauce because that will just add some quick flavor. Interesting. You're essentially, I'm cooking the meatballs twice, right? Almost like you're like a braise, like an actual braise where you're searing something mm-hmm. most often, and then you're cooking it in a wet environment okay. to follow Interesting. that. Right. Yeah. But Interesting. But it's not close to being done when they're right. removed from the broiler. But it they don't need much time in the sauce to finish mm-hmm. either. Okay. Interesting. Other revelatory aspect of Hannah's recipe for me was the fact that she's using, it's a tomato puree, right? I call for passata. Which is a specific tomato product. Yes. So passata is the Italian puree that you often find in a glass jar, like the Mutti brand passata. It, it's usually like a little shorter than this. Okay. I'm pointing to a carafe and... Of water. Don't get excited. A carafe of water. There, I know. True. Vino. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's the difference between the glass bottles of passata versus like a tin of puree is that the glass versions are not... Thinner, are not co- right? Yeah, they're fresher. So like the tin product requires a separate cooking process. I don't know if I've ever seen that before in the store. Now you're going to see them you're everywhere. You're going to see it okay. everywhere. Okay. It's not it's not this esoteric thing, you know? Um, and, and I think it makes a lot of sense, and it made me think of your recipe, which calls for a combination of tomato puree plus a tomato paste and water, which, you know, passata is going to give you kind of a similar consistency, but flavor-wise is going to be in a whole other league. I think just in terms of like fresh tomato flavor, but not one that you feel compelled to cook out in a really intense way. It doesn't quite have the same kind of like tinniness That's and right. kind of raw vegetable bite that kind of you get from a lot of uh, canned tomato products. Okay. But usually, hmm. you know, t- I do acknowledge canned tomatoes. Like that's what we are most accustomed to. That's what, you know, um, take up most of the shelf space. And it wouldn't be wrong yeah. to use, no, right? It's, like it's, that's a canned an, tomato an puree is like, Totally fine. Yes, it just might course, be a little bit of course it is. thicker. Yeah. And something about Which also is not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, no, and you you kind of opened my eyes to like the value of it because historically I've only ever used whole peeled plum tomatoes yes. in a can. Right. And I usually crush them myself, but I'm not gonna about to, you know, dirty my blender mm-hmm. to crush them by pureeing them. I do it by hand. And I love the way that that texture, you know, the kind of the thinner juice with the more kind of like pulp of the tomato fruit itself. I love the way that that cooks out because you can actually simmer it out pretty hard and right. fast because of that freely flowing liquid. Like it readily wants to evaporate. Mm-hmm. 
Whereas like with a puree, it starts out a little bit thicker and it's a little bit more of like you you turn up the heat and it's kind of that ominous plop, plop, plop. Not where quite it's like breaking it, the surface. Yeah, it's harder to hit it with as much heat. You get these like this plop, plopping action, which then spits hot tomato liquid out at you onto your nice like cute sweater, you know, like et cetera. True story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I really believe in the puree now, and I just never fully embraced it as a product yeah. until you did it a few weeks ago. I mean, listen, I love a whole peel, like a San Marzano high quality tomato that you just like hand crush. But frankly, if there is also a great crushed or pureed tomato, that will just get me there a little faster, mm-hmm. yielding the like texture and viscosity that I'm looking for, then I'm so open to it. Like I'm, I'm not a snob. I know there are a lot of tomato can snobs out there, but I'm not one of them. I just, I am, just to be clear, he totally is a snob. For you have like a shirt actually that says that. Yeah, yeah. tomato <laughs> snob. I've seen it. Yeah. What else do we need to tell John about what's in the meatball? So the meatballs in general are pretty straightforward in that I'm asking for uh, just Italian breadcrumbs, but I am asking for seasoned. Seasoned. Season? Okay. Which, which also is, I feel like oh, yeah, this that is was another also, poo-poo. Yeah, poo-poo. I forgot I blocked it out because I, I, I don't think I could accept that. He's such a snob when it comes to certain things. Well, but it's, like, it's like being a purist. I mean, uh, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I get it too. I get it too. But listen. <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> no, but listen, because you're otherwise going to have to get garlic, oregano, thyme. I'm like, I don't have time. I mean, I do have time, but there's also a great product that exists. And I love it. I think Italian seasoned breadcrumbs, their moment is now. Their moment is here. Like I if you're going. I believe you just said that. <laughs> I don't know. When I say that their, th- their moment, moment is, is now, I'm pointing to my G-Doc for the recipe that we're going to share yeah. with you. But yeah, it's like, it's kind of just, again, a fast track to mm-hmm. flavor. Sure. But there are also a few differences where I zero in on, again, my aim was to make a very tender meatball. And a lot of recipes call for either chopped onion that you put Mm. in raw, which gives it a little bit more of a meat loaf vibe. Mm -hmm. And again, onion acts as both aromatic and a tendering agent. But to really maximize the power of the onion, I grated it into the meat mixture. So you're not getting these pokey little raw onion pieces. As opposed to chopping it. As opposed to chopping it. So big holes of a box grater and... I call for half an onion, but don't cut your onion in half. Just start with a whole onion I gotcha. yep. and stop when you hit the middle yep. so that um, you can protect your knuckles. Is there like a secret stealthy ingredient addition in the meatballs? Yes. So because I'm Korean and <laughs> my tendency to want to include, you know, certain ingredients. In this case, I pull from the Korean barbecue playbook. And well, there there's also grated onion and a lot of Korean marinades, but there's also a touch of soy sauce. Mm. And it just deepens that savoriness. Mm. You're not taste you won't taste it. It doesn't taste like a teriyaki meatball or anything like that. Although that sounds like Mm. my next project. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How does all that sound? It sounds great. I think you're set up for success. I think I'll be very set up for success. Do you think you're yeah. going to have your kids help you? Or do you want to just like get everybody out of the house? And they're going to do I've, this on I've told them about this and they're already excited about it. So they're going to okay. definitely oh want to help. I oh, need yeah. to okay. know their feedback. This is great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So we sent John the recipe, plus some needed patience and fortitude. Always a requirement when kids are in the kitchen. After the break, we'll see if he achieved saucy perfection. 
Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Smarted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. And we're back with Dinner SOS. We are here. This is what I love, okay? So I I took this in, you know, a couple weeks ago after we published this recipe, Hannah. We called this spaghetti and very tender meatballs with three R's. How much fun is that? That fun. Like friggin' really fun, also with three R's. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, John. Hello. What happened? How did it go? It went very well. Very, very well. Oh, God. There was some, like, very awkward pauses. I'm, like, Like, not ready to... There were some multiples of, like, single letters in there. Yeah, I'm... I'm Very... (laughs) I can't roll my R's. I'm sorry. I don't have that skill. If I don't get the, you know, multi-R roll, then I'm not doing my job. No, it went very well. Yeah? Okay. I mean, the only thing I would say, I mean, again, from a scale of 1 to 10, it was, like, an 8. Okay. It really was. It was good. I mean, I went to my local grocery store to buy everything, and at the very onset... I wouldn't say I had a hard time finding things, but maybe because I got there early, they didn't have all the best produce out. So, like, I got maybe one of the last good yellow onions, which maybe that set me up for, I'll say not set me up for not having success later, but which I'll get into. I was expecting you to say something other than onion. I gotta be honest. (laughs) Well, well, I was very happy for the the Posada. I was like, oh, wait, they actually have this here. Amazing. They did. Yeah. I went down, it was the very last thing, and it was was a Cento bottle. I was like, Oh, and I probably have seen it. I think Hannah, you probably said this. Yes. I've probably seen it a thousand times. Yes. And I just seen never put times. one and one together. Yes. So my shopper okay. had all the stuff, yeah. which is really good. good. So, but I got the last good yellow onion. Even at, at that point, the garlic wasn't great, but I found a, you know a usable what? clove of garlic. John, you need to buy your onions and garlic in bulk and keep them in the fridge. I never want you to you be put down your onions to, in the fridge. I put and everything. Your garlic? Yes, I put everything in the <gasps> fridge, and I have a jar of minced garlic. I'm not. I'll talk. To I would you about almost that you made yourself. Day. Nope, that I purchased at H Mart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to. There's a lot happening here, son. This is a conversation about John. Because I, mean, I never want you to ever be down to like one allium or one thing. That's so all we use. That's like living on the edge. <laughs> the so. other half onion from this is going to sit in my fridge probably oh, for God knows M-G. how long. Okay. But, At least okay. keep one onion yeah, always. No, you're right. One onion, one head of garlic. Yeah. I think that's doable. And so any other hiccups during like actual cooking process? There's a couple things. Again, not major. And actually your video that just came out would have been helpful for you. And I get the email on Fridays. Yeah. And I saw that on Monday. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That would have been a huge help if oh, I would have saw that. Oh, man. I'm sorry. No, I don't no, no. Have control totally fine. over the... No, no, no. It's fine. Because my, my first note was which rack I should have had mm-hmm. it on for the broiler. It, was a, it wasn't on the highest. It wasn't on the lowest. It was about three quarters of the way up. Okay. Figured that That's was okay. Fine. It was a safe place to totally, put it. Totally, yeah. It was enough where I had a tough time with tongs trying to yeah. transfer them, which okay. is... Then I was trying to show my son how to okay. do it, and he picked one up when it plopped down, and yeah. which is fine. We recovered. Kids, kids. <laughs> but I, try to, I was trying to show him with a tongue, take it, you know, sideways, yeah. grasp it, and then Gently. turn it, yeah. and then bring it. Just Good. let let the Good. tongue and gravity do the work. 
Nice. We're trying. We're trying. Good. No, that's great. The other, I don't want to call it an issue. It's just, it's yeah, a, it's no, more of me. a maintenance issue. If when the sauce is cooking and it starts to bubble boop, and boop, boop. plop up, but it's, yep. but stuff shooting everywhere. Does that yes. mean it's too hot or is that okay? Tomato sauce loves to do that, even at the lowest Especially flame. Passata. Especially Passata. <laughs> especially at John's house. Um, <laughs> only at my only house, apparently. Only at John's house. So my favorite is lid slightly ajar. Yeah, so you're because mm. you need the protection because it can actually. Oh yeah, hurt, it did. Um, and you're feeling it, but it, you want a little bit of the liquid to evaporate, so you need some space for that. Okay. But you also need to protect yourself. Yeah. So I would say like three quarters of okay. the way, two thirds max. So I think that was the problem we were having. We we're doing that part was yeah. putting the meatballs yeah, in. Yeah. I mean, I you can take getting careful. burned, but my, my son was like, "Oh my god, I'm getting yeah, burned!" Yeah, he ran yeah. out of the no, room. no, that's you know, that's, in, that's it's valid. so annoying, and okay. it happens to everybody. And that's tomato sauce. Yeah, and also, I mean, just the mess it makes too. But that's just that's the price of doing business. I yeah, mean, that's like it's fine. Keep the lid ajar. Okay, actually, that's the other thing that I wasn't 100 percent sure on when I saw the Posada. They had coarse and they had smooth. Oh, interesting. Whoa. I've never, what was, the, this is Cento, you said, the yeah. brand? I'm sorry, I, I pronounced it wrong, yeah. Or yeah. no, Cento, yeah, yeah. it could be Cento, I no, don't know. No, come on, Hannah, own it. Cento. A Cento, I'm assuming it's Cento. <laughs> um, wait, but I've never seen a, co- yeah, I've never they, seen an option. They had coarse and smooth. What did you choose? I went with smooth. Okay, the safe. Yeah. Yeah. Although thinking back, if I would have done it again, I would have done one course, one smooth. That would have been great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like you need to shop and you need to cook to mm-hmm. like know what you like. Yep. Wow. And then like the final analysis, like sitting down to eat. I need to hear the kids' feedback. Yeah. Like the kids' feedback. I mean, ultimately, like the crowd. My kids are odd. They're not big spaghetti meatball kids, but they loved it. They my, did? Actually, my, my younger son loved the spaghetti okay. because I've, ne- I've never had the bronze cut you, before. Oh, oh my God, never. John, thank never you for buying bronze cut. Yeah. What, what, what brand did yeah, you end up getting? Get? Do you remember? It was um, Rayo's, Rouse. Oh, Rayo's. Yeah, Rayo. Great stuff. Yeah. That's, that's the good stuff. Yeah, yes. It was good. It was very good. Wow. After you have that, it's like you can't really go back to Ronzoni. Yeah, or, you it was know. delicious. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. So the youngest liked the pasta, the spaghetti itself. He liked the spaghetti itself. Wasn't a fan of the meatballs. Okay. This is the same child that doesn't like mac and cheese. Okay. So, you mm-hmm. know, take that for a grain of salt. Every family's got one. Yeah, I got one. Yeah. But my older son, he did like both the spaghetti and the meatballs. I think he liked the meatballs more. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I am winning. Yeah. No, um, I, no, I mean, this was kids. a home run. This was an absolute home run. Well, it's an eight it out of was. ten home run. That's yeah. like maybe second base. Well, this is, all, I mean, third. But this is also, I mean, I don't know if I'm getting too far down the road here, but this is something I also want to try again. Oh, okay. I 100% want to try this again. Just even... Seeing where I went wrong with the meatballs in the broiler. Okay, okay. I want to make sure I'm more attentive to that. Yeah. But also, again, watching the video and then just doing it once, you go, okay. It makes it so much easier. Yeah, exactly. So, like I said, the second pass on it will also make me, you know, in my head, I'll be able to do it almost without reading the recipe. Totally. And then for a third time, just do it. Oh, it'll it'll be a family recipe by then. Easy. Hopefully, the spaghetti and very tender meatballs will make it onto a well-loved index card in John's kitchen. But there may be a certain maternal spirit in the house who disagrees. In the middle of doing the recipe, there was this little wind chime that just fell off the window, which is a wind chime that we used at her funeral, like on the flowers and stuff. 
and it fell in the middle. Oh <laughs> we look at each other like, oh my God, look what just Mom happened. is not okay with <laughs> this. Mom sees the passata yeah. and she's a little bit <laughs> exactly. upset. She's like, where's why the are paste? There, why are there ingredients here? No yeah. one likes that. Where's the water, John? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. We've made very tender meatballs. We've possibly communed with sort of passed on family yep, members. We have, yep. You know, we fed our family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. Like, what else can you expect from a recipe? No, this is a win. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. You can find spaghetti and very tender meatballs with three R's, on the Epicurious app, brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. You can find Hannah's How I Developed Spaghetti and Meatballs video, plus the rest of our video series at youtube.com slash If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Hannah Asbrink. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foose is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal mixed this episode. Thanks to Gabe Caroga for engineering help. And special shout out to Leah Kasher for all your help with Dinner SOS over the last few months, bringing us Maddie and so many other great callers. Best of luck with the new gig. We will definitely miss you. Next week, when a new severe nut allergy takes most restaurant food off the table, how can caller Leah satisfy her takeout cravings? I love Thai food and I love Indian food. And so I'm trying to figure out how to bring these like go-to meals and flavors into my life. And just like, I want to figure out how to make it taste as good as in the restaurant. Maybe I'd use it as far as my sauce sure. in, in a lasagna or a, sure. or a different dish like that. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, like a great sauce and then you make a little bechamel. Yeah. I would hope. Yep, I could. Not, not sling ricotta in there. No. Nope. Like a Philistine, <laughs> you know, where it doesn't belong. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.